0: We'd been using a couple different CRM programs uh, up until that point. When I first started uh, with the company, we were actually using an HVAC program that didn't really have anything in the field. It was very much paperwork orders at that time. Uh, We had since switched to another one and it was doing okay. But really what we wanted to do was we wanted something that was cloud based. We wanted something that was very easy to use. And we wanted something that really let the technicians worry about their job and let the office do their job. I didn't want to have a lot of back and forth and how do I do this? How do I do that? Can you add this to my work order? Can you do that? And that's really what kind of shined out to me with Service Titan was it was very much focused on letting your technician just take the reins and do everything they need to do in the field without involving the office.
1: If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you wanna use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Hey, hey! welcome back, my friends, to another episode of The Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey. This is episode 55, and today I have another special guest. His name is Jeff Sock from Nyad Irrigation, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different things today, but as you've heard me say in the past, I love how technology is improving people's business and changing the way that we do things, and that's really kind of the premise of what we're going to talk about because NIAD has implemented a bunch of different technologies, one of which is Service Titan. And I'm really curious to find out uh, how Service Titan has improved their business and some of the things that Jeff and his team did early on to implement the software and how it's working for them today. So with that, let me introduce Jeff to the show. Jeff, welcome. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, Um, I, I would love to start by sort of Uh, getting the lay of the land, maybe you can tell us about Nyad Irrigation, where you guys are located at, and a little bit about your business. And and yourself, of course.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I'm the general manager for Nyad. I've been with the company for 10 years now. Uh, Nyad started out primarily as an irrigation service company. Uh, We started very small. We were servicing our friends, our family, their neighbors. Uh, A lot of our work came from referrals. And as we kind of went through the, uh, the motions of growing, we, we started progressively expanding what we did. So we, we stuck to mostly residential service. Uh, then we started getting into residential installs, lawn maintenance, snow removal, and now we're starting to get into some of the bigger irrigation installs as well.
1: Awesome. So start out with residential and I like to hear that you're doing a little bit of lawn maintenance and a little bit of of snow and are any of those customers overlap? They partake in all of those services?
0: Absolutely. Yes, we have uh, quite a few customers that kind of do a little bit of everything.
1: Cool. You know, and for those of you listening that might not know a lot about the Canadian irrigation market, I was pleasantly surprised to learn just how much irrigation there is. Uh, not only in all of Canada, but in Calgary specifically. Absolutely. Let me ask you a couple other questions about NIAD. When when was the business started?
0: Uh, 2007 was when we officially started.
1: And at that time, were you with the company then?
0: No, I wasn't. Uh, that was actually just Miles, the the owner there.
1: And do you know what the company looked like at that time? Was it just Miles? Was it Miles and a couple people?
0: <laughs> Pretty much. It was Miles and a, and a couple uh, employees that he had. Uh, it was very much a family run business. Uh, his, his mom was uh, helping out as well with taking calls and booking jobs. And uh, it stayed like that for for
1: quite a while. Got it. So it was Miles plus, let's just say, plus a few others. Exactly. Friends, family, yeah. et cetera that makes total sense. That's how any business gets started, you know? Mm-hmm. And so can you tell us what Nia looks like today in terms of, uh, people and trucks and service and tell us about the size and scale of the business?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've definitely grown, um, to put things into perspective when I first came on to kind of give you mm-hmm. what I've seen grow. Uh, when I first started as a service technician, we had two service fans, uh, one would cover one side of the city one would cover the other side of the city we had one install crew and we had one lawn maintenance crew uh, present day we're up to about 35 employees at peak we're currently running 11 service fans we have two install crews we have two landscaping crews um, And our office has grown from essentially uh, one person in the office where we're now sitting average. We have about six to seven.
1: Wow. That's sensational. You went from two vans to 11 service vans, one install crew to two. Wow. That's pretty awesome. And how did Jeff get involved with Nyad? Can you tell us a little bit about your just industry background or background with the company? For sure,
0: for sure. Um, I actually come from disaster restoration. That was actually my my first job uh, while I was in school. I got into that uh, through a family member. And uh, that industry is very on-call, long hours, very, you know, go, 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 go. And uh, unfortunately, that company wound up being sold. So I was kind of looking for something similar, something where, you know, got to make hay while the sun shines. And uh, that's when i saw an ad for the company and that was essentially literally what the ad said is hey we like to have a lot of fun but we do like to work really hard as well and i was hooked after that so um so yeah i got involved as a service technician and uh just uh started learning the ropes i had absolutely no idea what an underground sprinkler system even was but uh miles took us under under his wing and said i'll show you and teach you everything you need to know so
1: very cool. Do you have any tips out there for first timers in terms of how you were able to learn what you needed to learn as a service tech?
0: Uh, really, the The big thing is there's a lot of resources out there now. Um, all the manufacturers, they all have very in-depth websites. They have you know product support guides. It, they have a lot of resources out there. You just got to look for them.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I can imagine... Why you can see similarities with disaster relief? I think that's pretty awesome because a lot of times customers feel like their irrigation system—not that the irrigation system is a disaster—but that if it's not working right, there's plant material, right? That could be damaged, and so the the act of having a system that's not working could be a disaster.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's amazing how much it translates uh, customer customer experience from uh somebody who's had a flood or somebody who is not getting enough water, it actually translates pretty similar.
1: Hmm. So in Calgary specifically, what's the season like? When do you turn on and when do you turn off?
0: So generally we like to aim to start turning on kind of our bigger commercial stuff towards the end of April, kind of subjective there. Generally everything's on by May long weekend at the very latest. And we usually start shutting down mid-September, so right around September 15th is when we start our shutdowns. We usually are completely shut down by mid-October. We've had some odd years where we've been able to go till about November, but generally mid-October is when it starts getting pretty dicey.
1: Okay. Yeah, that sounds very similar to the Northeast. I think you may start closing potentially a little bit earlier you must mm-hmm. get your snow you know maybe earlier than some of the northeast united states where they may go all the way to say thanksgiving before the last systems are are turned off
0: yeah we've been uh consistently shut down pretty much we usually get our first snowfall around october 2nd the last wow. couple of years
1: awesome i should say awesome awesome if you like snow <laughs> <laughs> other people are like why is that awesome
0: absolutely
1: Uh, so and let me ask you how many if you're willing to share how many customers do you have that are in that startup and blowout service range
0: startups a little bit difficult for us to track Uh, it's something we're actually working on Um, we're always more oriented towards the shutdowns Um, we've always kind of had the the opinion that a lot of folks like to turn on their own systems they might get you to do repairs but really the shutdown is what we consider our clients Um, Mm -hmm. last year we were we were over four thousand three hundred shutdowns. So wow.
1: And are there any good stories? I often hear different techs and and contractors, you know, talk about, hey, I can do five in a day. Or, Man, I can do fifteen in a day, or <laughs> anything to brag or boast about in that regard.
0: It's it, it is what it is. Honestly, um, I, I'd like to be a little more. I say team oriented. I guess if if I wanted to brag, I would say we were doing. I think one of our biggest days last season was 430 in a day oh um, across the entire company. So very team-oriented team, team oriented effort. Yeah. And I was very proud to see that happen.
1: Wow, because that takes some serious um, planning, systems, infrastructure. I mean, from what you just told me, that's 10% of the blowouts, which of a really big number in one day, right? And if you've got 11 service vans, it's like, that's a huge amount, each yep. van in a day. That's incredible. So before we kind of get into some of the tech topics we're going to talk about, I do have uh, a probing question because it's interesting that you didn't come, you started in disaster relief, which is, I think is, could parallel nicely. Is there anything that you've learned, you know, since, you know, moving into the irrigation industry that, that you just find fascinating?
0: I, I just find it fascinating how much technology is actually involved with something like irrigation coming outside of the industry, you know, you see sprinklers running every now and then when they probably shouldn't be running. And, and really, you don't think too much about it. But there's so much science and calculations and, and coordination that actually goes into planning and installing a system. And once you really start diving into it, it just, it, it was very interesting to me.
1: That resonates, man, because it, it's more than meets the eye, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the general public sees a sprinkler on or sprinkler that should be on, it's not on, or there's a geyser or whatever, but they don't really stop to consider that plant, water, soil, scientific relationship. And we don't really as an industry do a very good job of training for that either. We're really focused on pipe, wire, head spacing, you know, the basics, but not really why is that zone running for 15 minutes. Absolutely. In order to, to uh, hit 430 service uh, or blowouts in a day across your company, I'm going to assume that there was some technology helping to power that, coordinate that, make that possible.
0: Yeah, we we definitely weren't running on paperwork orders that day, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's going to lead us into your you know, company relationship with Service Titan. And, and I would love to talk about that as much as you're willing to share about And maybe we should start, you know, before what what got you interested in in onboarding software like Service Titan?
0: Absolutely. We'd uh, we'd been using a couple different CRM programs uh, up until that point. When I first started uh, with the company, we were actually using an HVAC program that didn't really have anything in the field. It was very much paperwork orders at that time. Uh, We had switched to another one and it was doing okay. But really what we wanted to do was we wanted something that was cloud-based. We wanted something that was very easy to use. And we wanted something that really let the technicians worry about their job and let the office do their job. I didn't wanna have a lot of back and forth and how do I do this? How do I do that? Can you add this to my work order? Can you do that? And that's really what kind of shined out to me with Service Titan was it was very much focused on letting your technician just take the reins and do everything they need to do in the field without involving the office.
1: Got it, kind of both maybe powering and empowering the service techs to to take control and have the power in the field to be the best, most organized tech they can be. Absolutely. What year did you guys, Onboard the Service Titan software? So we
0: started in the winter of 2019. Uh, we officially went live in February of 2020.
1: Perfect. Right right before COVID.
0: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much.
1: <laughs> oh, man. What was that process like? I, I can only interpret what it might be like from my own experience of switching like e commerce platforms and, and other, you know, sort of back end infrastructure software that it oftentimes looks easy on paper and then it isn't so easy in reality
0: absolutely um it wasn't our first rodeo we we definitely we had gone through the switch before so um was a little more prepared for this one uh there was a lot of late nights editing excels making sure everything kind of went where it needed to go definitely learned a lot more about excel when that happened but uh, the nice thing is that service titan has an excellent onboarding team you get assigned a specialist right from the get-go and if you have any questions they're they're there with the answers so um, it was actually relatively straightforward i think the biggest stumbling block was just learning the the lingo of the program every software has their own terminology for a certain feature and you just got to kind of learn oh this was this in the old program sort of thing
1: mm-hmm. I can, I can see that. Let's talk about or can you share what specifically you use it for? Maybe it's everything. Maybe it runs your entire business, accounting, invoicing, everything, uh, or maybe just pieces. What what uh, primarily is the role of it for you?
0: Absolutely. Um, it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, we, we'd been set up in the past very much where the the clients and everything like that was handled through one piece of software. The accounting, anything invoice related was all kind of handled through QuickBooks. Um, and with Titan, one of the other appealing things about it was that it, it kind of, Titan becomes the, the overall program. We book all our calls. We take all our calls. Uh, we schedule all our jobs. We do all of our invoicing. We take all of our payments. And QuickBooks is still in the picture, but it's more of just a, a back-end record at this point. It's just your kind of be-all, end-all financial record but everything else is handled through Titan, which really lets the office be hyper-efficient because you're not, I got to enter this in this program, transport it to this program, and then import it here and export it there. It's just, it goes from Titan to QuickBooks and then it lives in QuickBooks.
1: Cool. I'll ask another question about that in a minute. I brought up your website. And for those of you guys listening, it's naiadirrigation.ca and naiad is spelled N-A-I-A-D. N A I A D and what I like about your homepage is you've got a, a call to action immediately there that says book your irrigation services. Are you interested in a NIAD membership? And you have a book online or a call us. And what I wanted to ask you is that book online tied to Service Titan?
0: Yes, it's actually, it's, it's a standalone program. It's actually called uh, Schedule Engine. Okay. Um, But what it does is it does actually tie back into the Service Titan API. So when you do book that call or estimate request or anything like that, it it does all the data entry for us. So it creates the client or if they're an existing client, it links up to their existing profile, it creates the job, and then it's just a matter of us kind of taking a look at it and kind of reviewing the information.
1: Wow. Are customers accessing this on a regular basis, filling out this form and booking appointments? Absolutely. Wow. And uh, I would say there's a large large portion, I couldn't say if it's 10%, 50%, but a large portion that the service call goes right to potentially the owner's cell phone, (laughs) right? (laughs) While they're out working in the field, it's ringing them or it's going to, Uh, somebody in the office and then maybe that person in the office is then having to call the tech and when are you you going to be available on Wednesday so and so needs an appointment I love the way that you guys are organized so your customers can just serve self serve the information quickly and efficiently and, and beyond with their day and allow you guys to do the same exactly so I'm looking here it looks like you can book when you book online you can book either a service call or a quote? Can you tell us the differences between those, or what's involved with a quote or a service call?
0: Yeah, so service call is more oriented towards you know what's going on. So you know I've got a I've got a broken sprinkler head, or there's there's water pooling somewhere. Um, if you know what's going on, you know you want to tech out there. That's what that's kind of aimed towards. Um, as far as the quote, it's more if you're more looking for a. a pricing based off of that um or maybe you don't necessarily know exactly what's going on and we have to kind of probe a little bit further
1: and what percentage of your customers would you say go through this process answer all your questions upload the photos that you need
0: it's it's a bit of a rough guess right now um this is a newly implemented thing that just kind of went in um on june i can't really speak to percentages Mm -hmm. but i can say To date, we've booked around 130 service calls through this um, and around 80 install estimates.
1: Wow, and you could probably do the math backwards. How long would it take someone to provide, not not only answer the phone call that comes in, but but provide that estimate in terms of hours, right? You've just saved yourself um, a ton of work uh, and those individuals can go do something else that's more productive for your business. And that's what really scale is all about. How do we use human resources as efficiently as possible to service more clients with the same number of people? Absolutely. Very cool. And I'm a, I'm a big believer that setting the kind of the expectation upfront with your customer or the perceived value, it's really the perceived value that can sometimes be value. So if your customers are going through this process with you, you've already separated yourself from probably 80 to 90% of your competitors that aren't doing this. So the experience that someone is having with you right away before they even know you or talk to you is modern. It is something that you would expect in the year 2021. Absolutely. So let's talk about powering the service tech. And I'd lo- love to know as, in as much detail as possible about what the service techs use the software for, how they use it, and maybe even what their workflow looks like from coming to work in the morning to closing out the day.
0: The nice thing about this software, and I kind of spoke on it earlier, is it's kind of a one-stop for everything. So the technician at the start of the day, they'll clock in. Uh, They have allowances where they can basically tell us, oh, I'm working at the shop today, or if they're going right to their first job, which most of our technicians do, they can dispatch right to that job. When they hit that dispatch button, the technician gets an automated message letting them know the technician's on their way. They get a tracking link uh, that's linked up to the uh, service tech's phone so they can actually see the tech as they're on their way to their wow. to
1: their house. The um, client or the customer, not to say it's the homeowner because it might not be, but the client gets a tracking link that shows where the tech is. Absolutely. Wow. So let's see, they, they, I guess you're saying they do that when they leave the office, but do they hit that button when they end one job and they're on their way to the next? Is that how that works? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That would be so valuable. Cause I know that for the most part, just speaking from my own experience with different service companies that have come to my house, they might tell you a day, Hey, We'll be there Monday and then maybe we'll call you in the morning and let you know what time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or they may say, hey, we're going to, we'll be kind of in your neighborhood between noon and three or four o'clock. And if when that's the case, you have to, you know, for a lot of people, stay home from work, reschedule your day, and that costs the customer money, right? Mm -hmm. As well, versus if they see that tracking link, they'll say, you know what? So I can totally swing by the grocery store. It looks like he's 40 minutes out, grab the stuff I need and try to get home pretty much when your tech is rolling up. Not
0: exactly recommended, but they could do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's me trying to be super efficient at Fair all times. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, that's cool. So that's how they, that's how they start their dispatch. And it it sounds like it runs their day. Absolutely. know where they're going, what's next. So when they get to, uh, what are what's their procedure when they get to the site?
0: So when they get to the site, they, they let the software know I've arrived. It starts tracking their time. Uh, it also, depending on the type of job we have, it might prompt them to fill out a form or something like that, especially with COVID that kind of thing. Um, we'd have a checklist that would pop up to make sure that they've, they've done all their procedures to make sure that they're safe. From there, they basically get a summary of the job. They can see exactly what they're doing, what they need to do. They'll go about their business. And basically from there, the software just kind of enables them to run the job as efficiently as possible. So while they're on site, they can take photos, they can take videos, they can update the customer notes. uh, So that way the office knows exactly what's going on at that client's property. From there, they basically can use the exact same software to prepare an estimate on site for any repairs, any additional work, anything like that. They can email it to the client directly. The client can view it remotely. They can approve the work remotely. And if they want the job done right then and there, we can get it done. Or if they wanna even say, I'd like this done, but I wanna do it at a later date, that's also an option as well.
1: Are they required to get authorization from the customer before starting?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And then, so then they, they get their authorization, whether that's because they're there or it's been approved remotely, they get their authorization and then they start the work, right? Mm -hmm. How do they know how long it's going to take?
0: Most of our kits are built out in a way that they basically tell you this should, this should take between 10 and 15 minutes. It should take an hour. Um, we have kind of generalized, obviously we, we, we never really know exactly what we're getting into until we mm-hmm. start the work. That's just mm-hmm. kind of the industry. Yep. Um, but they kind of give you a rough timeline and that estimate as they build it out, will kind of spit that out at the end and say, roughly this should take two hours.
1: And is that uh, does that factor into any of the other, the clients that are next on the, on the list for the day?
0: It it can. That's where the technicians, because they can see their entire day, they are, we kind of schedule the appointments in the office and then they're in charge of running that day. So if if they have a longer service call, they kind of manage that accordingly. They can contact their other appointments, let them know they can reschedule that job for the end of the day whatever works to get that job done
1: perfect so that's again what about giving the power to the tech so if the tech lands on job number one and they immediately you know think to themselves okay this is going to be a three-hour job this is definitely you know a a long one i don't think i'm going to get to those last two customers today maybe i should let them know right now at the beginning of the day that it's just not in the cards for today we need to reschedule based on that first project they rolled up to
0: Absolutely. Or if it's a matter of, again, at that first project saying this is going to be three hours, we can come back at the end of the day um, and then just move on. There, there's a lot of options in the technician's hands and it it doesn't have to involve the office. They can manage it right out in the field.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. So what could happen is they decide not to engage in that service call at that moment because it's too big for what they had uh, scheduled. So they may can reschedule that one and then move on with their day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk to us about how invoicing works. So we, we did you did mention coming up with that estimate and getting approval. Then they go and do the work. How does the invoicing portion happen? So the
0: invoicing portion happens right on the field. Uh, as the technician goes through the job, um, they can either add additional parts, additional services if it wasn't on the estimate. At the end of the job, the invoice is basically ready to go. They have the option to email it out to the client client can view it remotely. They can pay remotely. The client also has the option to take payment right in the field as well. So that way your
1: job's done money's in the bank and you're, you're rolling. That is very efficient, right? So what's, what would be the, what were you guys doing before that? What did the paper (laughs) method look like?
0: Uh, the paper method. I don't even, there's, there's some horror stories involved with that. I used to have a binder in my service fan. That was about four inches thick and that was our part list. And our price list so we had a we had a paper invoice at the end of the day we would write out all our parts we would add everything up and then we would hand it into the office they would generate the invoice and then from there they would email it out to the client and then the client would have to either call the office or mail a check or it, it was just it was a very long involved process
1: yeah and then you have to Hope you get paid, which you would, I would imagine, most of the time, but there's sometimes you probably didn't get paid. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Service Titan has, man, there's so many efficiencies that it, it sounds like this is you guys have gained uh, by implementing it. For sure. You know, what haven't we talked about about Service Titan specifically and, and how it has changed your business or influenced your business that you think is worth sharing?
0: So one big thing um, that Titan has kind of opened our eyes to and one thing that we've kind of really changed our kind of how we operate the business is memberships Mm -hmm. is is what they call it. It, It's something that's very prevalent because Service Titan is primarily a a plumbing and HVAC that that was where they started. That's where their roots come from it's second nature to those industries they have these comfort packages they have you know air conditioning service packages they have tankless water heater service packages and that was very interesting to us because it's something that's directly translatable with an irrigation system especially if you're if you're in a colder climate you have to get that winterization done right most people don't like doing their own winterization If you have a backflow device that needs to be tested, that needs to be tested on a yearly basis. If you want somebody to turn on your irrigation system, make sure it's ready to go at the beginning of the year. So there's all these opportunities where the client books every year. Well, what if we could eliminate that? And we just say, you have a membership, you pay a little bit each month, those services get booked automatically. You don't even have to call the office. We'll let you know. Here's when you're booked. If that works, that works. If it doesn't, we can reschedule. you.
1: Interesting. So instead of, I'm just going to pick a number instead of spending $180 on a winterization one time in October, they're paying you monthly and it's all inclusive for everything. Exactly. Wow. That is definitely a different way of looking at it. And I'm just thinking to myself, the customer may feel like they're getting more value because they have you all the Mm -hmm. time ish. And then they don't have, it's going to look like it's less because it's monthly.
0: Exactly. It's, it's less of a hit. Nobody likes getting a big invoice. In addition to that, there are other perks that we can throw in as well. Right. Um, as I mentioned before, with activations, not everybody wants somebody to turn on their own system. Uh, it, it's just kind of a fact we've come to accept. But with our activation memberships, we can we can throw in some extra goodies to make that more worthwhile. So with our activation memberships, not only do they get a discount, if there are any repairs needed, so they get a discount on parts and labor when they go to book that service call, they are priority. So if you're a member, you've shown you, you, you got some commitment to us. We want to pay that back. We want to make sure you got a problem. We're out there to deal with it. So they get priority booking. They don't pay any dispatch fee. There's all sorts of little perks that we can throw in there.
1: I love that. I love that concept. I, we may have to, I may have to actually put that in the title of this episode, how implementing memberships can improve your business. Cause I Absolutely. think that's fantastic.
0: It, it's such a, you know, uh, miles, the, the owner, he, he, he's coined the, you know, the set it and forget it solution. You just, you get your membership set up and you know that your system is taken care of. And if you ever do have a problem, we'll be out there to get it fixed.
1: Yeah. And I love that it's, you get more, you get your priority dispatching, you get these discounts. There's actually additional value that's there besides just paying for your winterization monthly. Right? Exactly. What, uh, when did you start doing the memberships?
0: So that was launched this year. Uh, we started in February of this year. Uh, we, we, had to kind of get our heads wrapped around it, kind of see what kind of packages we were gonna offer. And yeah, it's just been, it's just been an excellent, excellent program. We've got a lot of really good positive feedback from it. And it's something that we're, we're continuing with.
1: You know, I'm just thinking to myself here, that is, you know, in some businesses that's called annual reoccurring revenue Mm -hmm. and doing it monthly like that sounds stickier than once a year in terms of being able to retain those customers mm-hmm. right versus them shopping a winterization every year with three or four different companies for the lowest price winterization which not everyone does but that can happen you know absolutely or they haven't heard from you so they forget they call somebody else right there's a there's a chance you might lose some customers each year and i'm just thinking to myself that this membership model may help keep those customers inside your you know your company and the day that Miles, or if anybody who's listening to this, the day you want to sell your business, the more reoccurring revenue you have or customers that are paying to be part of your service offering, your business is worth more. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm almost thinking that by having these memberships, that, you know, NIAID's business is worth more because those customers are are stickier. For sure. Well, outside of, uh, I like how you call it Titan too, I'm going to have to start calling it that. It's not service Titan, <laughs> it's just Titan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, outside of Titan, what's uh, what are you seeing that's new and exciting in the irrigation industry?
0: I wouldn't say it, it's new, but uh, just continuing development is really a big thing for us. Is is the HydroWise platform? Okay. Seeing that kind of branch out, we're we're starting to get into more of the bigger stuff. So, kind of seeing how that technology is being implemented on that side of things. Um, I know they're they're coming out with. Uh, in the pipeline, where you can have uh, Hydrowise with its own kind of internet source, so it can be mm-hmm. used in in remote locations. So that's that's really exciting to us because we deal with that quite a bit. So,
1: mm-hmm. how, how are you finding the the relationship with customer using Hydrowise and NIAD as a <laughs> contractor using Hydrowise? How, how do you make that work?
0: Well, uh, right now it, it's kind of just a a mutual benefit for both of us. Um, we don't charge anything, but we do monitor everything. So it's basically, it makes our life so much easier when a when a client has a controller like the Hydrawise, uh, when we go to service that property, sometimes, you know, it's things that we would need access to that controller for you just don't, mm-hmm. um, you can run basically the entire site remotely. So it keeps our guys efficient in the field. Uh, from the customer point of view, we've had lots of clients over the years that they're scared to touch their irrigation controller because if they screw it up somebody's gonna have to come out somebody's gonna have to fix it that fear is gone because even if they do go in and they play with it and something goes a little little haywire i can fix it in two minutes from the office Mm -hmm. the amount of calls that we've avoided where we would be unnecessarily sending out a technician Again, it, it, it's savings for both parties, right? We don't, we want to have a tech show up and, and be there for two minutes.
1: Yeah. And then you feel guilty billing that because it didn't really need to be there. And how do you say that nicely to the client and keep them as a client? Do you eat it? Do you charge them? I-
0: exactly. It's, it's a moral dilemma, right? Being able to just log into the computer, just see everything that's going on. Oh, I see. This is a little bit off. I'm going to adjust that. Oh, you mentioned that this area is getting a little bit too much water. We can tweak that down. It's just so convenient
1: does that play a part in your membership offering?
0: We we do have uh, the enthusiast package available as a membership to our clients if, if they want it. It's not something we've seen a huge market for at this point, um, but it is available. Um, really the big thing with our, our memberships is if you do have a Hydrowise, it just kind of makes that life a little bit easier for us.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Is uh, upgrading to a Hydrowise is that part of a membership at all?
0: Not right now. Not currently. Um, we do run promotions for the Hydrowise controller throughout the years, specifically, especially in July, we're actually just coming off of a promotion we ran to incentivize Hydrowise, um, but we don't have it tied into a specific membership
1: yet. Okay. Okay. Cause I do hear talks of that, you know, maybe, you know, again, a lot of times people are just coming up with ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And I've heard that people have Wanted to sort of maybe give the controller away for free but then have the customer pay them monthly and and that sounds like a membership Mm -hmm. but but then it's really just paying back the price of the controller and like you said maybe customers don't feel like they need to pay for someone to make adjustments to their sprinklers they just need to pay for service help support like real questions and that uh offering a membership like you guys have where there's actual additional values is the smart approach Cool. All right. Well, I, what, um, I got a question for you. (laughs) What makes Jeff tick? (laughs) Caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. All right. Once you're loaded up and you're fully caffeinated, what makes you tick?
0: (laughs) It, it, it's interesting. It's something that kind of translated from DR and it's kind of, it's changed a little bit through the years, but putting a smile on somebody's face is the biggest adrenaline rush for me. It's, it's what makes anything throughout that day worth it. Being a service tech, being in the field, seeing that system that, you know, hasn't ran in however many years you talk to the client and they say, oh, this thing's a hunk of garbage. You know, and, and being able to turn that around, get a nice working system, see them actually happy about their system and wanting to use their system that is the biggest driving factor
1: for me. That's awesome. I love that. And it's something that I think as a tech, you probably, if you don't already get that joy and satisfaction, it might be worth exploring because then there's that little motivation to get that system fixed so you can see that smile on that Absolutely. customer's face. Very cool. All right, well, any any last thoughts on either Titan and uh, how you guys are using it or any other technologies that you're finding uh, work well in your business?
0: Um. I mean, really, the the big thing I'd like to say is, you know, regardless if it's Titan, regardless if it's hydrowise, wise, um, you know, just just look into technology in general, it, it can only benefit you. It's it's a bit daunting, you do need to kind of really look into it, your technology is only as good as the time you put into it. Right. So you can have the, the Lamborghini of, of CRMs or whatever it may be. But if you're only using one cylinder of that engine, it's not going to work so well. So, so true. So yeah, Yeah. that, that would be all I would say is just, it, it, it startles me the amount of contractors that I've talked to where they're utilizing 20 or 30% of their software and it has the ability to then the capability to do so, so much more so just looking into that, seeing what it can actually do, seeing if it can work for your business, that's with us with memberships. It's something that we saw, wow, that could probably work and it has. So right.
1: um, give it a shot. And you wouldn't have known unless you gave it a shot and tried what you might call an experiment. Let's experiment and try to sell someone a membership.
0: Exactly. See what happens.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I kind of think uh, about life that way too. You know, experiment, get some feedback, Either do it again or change and try again. Exactly. Very cool. Well, I appreciate everything that you shared with us, Jeff. Uh, keep up the good work up there in Calgary. Love, uh, Love to keep in touch with you. Absolutely, Andy. My pleasure, Jeff. Have a good day. You too, Andy. Thanks. Bye. Bye.